You know what I need? What's that? I think more than anything else in the universe. What I really need? A cup holder. Uh-oh. You have one. It's called your CD drive. Mine is vertical, unfortunately. It doesn't work out so well when I try to put things in it. The water pours out. I don't understand why. <clears throat> okay, are we ready? I'm ready. Yep, good to go. All right. Why is it that immediately I pick up this binder? I'm using a new binder, and of course... It the, falls uh, apart? No, oh, the earphone gets entangled with it. Yay! <laughs> Yay, earphone wires. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. We really are very, professionals, you know. Yes, we're very serious, very serious professional podcasters here. Welcome to Crucible of Realms. I'm Jim. I'm John. And I'm Kent. And our guest today is Charles White with Fabled Environments. Hello, sir. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing good, great. Good. How are you doing, sir? Doing excellent. <laughs> For those who may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm with Fable Environments. Fable Environments is a cartography company. We create floor plans for playing games. We've been in existence for about seven years now. Been on one bookshelf and some other sites like that for probably about four to five years, uh, offering PDF versions of our maps, and just recently started selling print copies through our website. Very cool, very cool. We just released the Nevakata Arctic Research Station. If you know much about Fable Environments, usually our names have little puns in them or little strange things. Nevacata is actually means snowfall in, I believe it's Portuguese, but it's a fun name for the map. The map is modular in nature, so we have pods. One pod would be a single floor research station with everything from open bench to areas for hazardous material, uh, research, things of that nature. The other pod is a two-story pod that contains a lot of living space and storage space, and they actually have a medical facility, an armory, and a place for vehicles, things of that nature. Both pods are, are, have been designed to be on stilts, so this could theoretically be used anywhere from Arctic to sand to flood areas to whatever somebody would want. Just to, doesn't have to just be an Arctic station. So it's we're pretty proud of it, and it's I think it's been a really great design, and it's going to be really great for folks wanting to use something like that. Very cool. That sounds really interesting. I encourage folks to check that out. Now, this episode will be coming out probably after quite a while, so you'll probably have more products up there, I'm guessing, at that point. But I urge folks to go and check that out because they have some pretty cool stuff over there. So let us move on to world building. Now, Charles, as you're our guest, did you have any ideas you wanted to throw at us? Well, I did. One is one that I played with a long time ago, and see what you guys think. Normally, when you build a fantasy world, you have religions that are intertwined with kingdoms and yada yada. I was thinking, what if you had a pantheistic society, but instead of just having temples, each pantheon, which has their sphere of influence, instead of just having a sphere of influence, actually controlled the knowledge base for that particular sphere. So in other words, if you had a church to the deity who was over seafaring, they would be the ones that actually built the ships, taught people how to do chip repairs and things like that. So a lot more intertwined. And I was thinking that that might be interesting as far as how that would interact with kingdoms. So you're saying that the gods are actually down there taking a hands-on approach? Or? No, actually the churches are. So in other words, instead of having, I go see Poseidon, for example, I wouldn't just go and worship Poseidon. Poseidon's followers or clerics would actually be the ones being shipwrights, and they would be the ones that would control most of the new research into shipping and things of that nature. Would that ah, be the okay. 
captains. Sorry, yeah, they could be the captains too. You would have, for example, the god of, not necessarily war, but maybe uh, the god of military prowess would be the ones where if you wanted to get really highly trained troops or if you wanted to send your son who was a noble, you would send him to that school to be trained how to fight versus what you would normally see in a medieval world. What I could see the coloring of this being would be if I, as a church, have all this power, but yet we have kingdoms, you could see some strife that could occur in there between the religious and the secular, which would be really kind of interesting. That sounds pretty cool. What do you guys think? Sure. Yeah, sure. Could definitely work with that. Are we looking at a sort of a medieval fantasy world for this? Yeah, that's what I was envisioning. We can do that. So I think then the first thing we're going to need to figure out probably is what kind of a pantheon we're playing with here. Do we want to use an existing pantheon or do we want to build one real quick? Obviously easiest to use an existing one. but yeah, If we end up building one, we can just throw out, I would say, four or five things and just develop those deities and then work from there. And say that there are others, but it would be just for the purposes of this one, just go with main well, ones. And that may actually keep this more generic and allow people to if they wanted to build off of it, if you wanted to say, here's a few and then build forward. Yeah. What do you guys think? Sure. Definitely. That works. Okay, so how many gods do we want to play with right now? Is uh, I, I threw out just randomly a number of like four or five. Is that a good number, or do we want to play with any others right now? Yep, or fewer. four or five. I think that's good, yeah. Okay. I think one of those four or five need to be an evil deity, but I think, uh, yeah. That's yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Gotta have evil. It's important. Well, maybe we should also deal with aspects of the gods. I mean, a god That's of true. war. A god of war could be both ways. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that about the gods of war. And yeah, they could go both ways. And so, yeah, you could have the offshoot temple over in the evil kingdom, air quotes, that worships him as the destroyer, killer, butcher, all that stuff. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure there's plenty of room for interpretation, especially if these are over all manner of people, good, evil, what have you. But at the same time, it might be since these deities are effectively characters themselves. They can also have leanings in one direction or another. It always struck me, and I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, comic book Sandman. There were, they called them the Endless, and they were aspects of humanity. And like there was dream and destruction and desire and delirium and yeah. death. There were seven or eight of them, I can't remember. Destiny. They all had Ds in their names. But if, uh. if you're not getting the... Uh, the joke. The idea was is that they represented aspects of humanity. In that universe, they were never really worshipped, per se, although a couple of them actually did have cult to them, but it's a great series. Are you thinking about maybe if we take these as more sort of well, aspects I, of humanity? I, or? I think that, that that might be the idea. So, yeah, maybe there's war to enumerate the gods, but it's really just sort of an aspect. Well, let's see here. So we've got some interest thus far in the possibility of having a war deity. And then we'll probably, you know, have like four others that we want to play with. Do we want to have these have a particular relationship to each other? Are they a family? Are they or are they more separate? How do we want to do that? That's a good question, because you could see them interconnected, but we're only talking about a handful of potential. So maybe it's more of a existence with leanings either way, like the god of war may do well with the god of shipwrights because of the naval aspect. Yeah. So they may have some positive or negative interactions or neutral interactions. Yeah, I can see there being, I almost want to say something like business interactions, if you think about it, where they're essentially, it's like, okay, I have a project. All right, we will help this project. We will oppose this project. See how that goes. Their actual interaction might be implied by the humans, but whether that's really going on is a... Oh, yeah. And this actually leads me to ask, how 
directly do these deities themselves participate in this world? Are they removed and it's pretty much all the actions of the humans, or, or rather intelligent life forms down there, or is it more interconnected? I've always liked the limited interconnectivity. In other words, very much going back to the deity reference where you have clerics that are empowered by the deity with certain powers, i.e. Mm-hmm. magic and things of that nature, but they don't kind of necessarily show up and walk the earth. And maybe at times of great trial, they may send uh, an avatar or something, but generally they are removed, but they may even communicate to some extent with the highest form of leadership. Okay, and that, that actually also poses an interesting question about the possibility of would one kingdom become a theocracy and another kingdom become more secular or that kind of thing? That's that's interesting. That's quite curious. It depends, I guess, on how much the people are interested in and or resist what's going on with it. So we've got war. What else do we want? Got like four openings here. I've always thought that, well, you could always have the god of murder or the god of something like that, that, that where assassins would be trained and other folks like oh. that. Nefarious people. Yes. So do we so want is it to... more like the darkness or something like that? Do the dark and the light. Is this premeditated, or is it more sort of Mm -hmm. uh, spur-of-the-moment thing? Or is is it it the god of death? Is it a deity of savagery, or is it... Well, yeah, I think that's better, a god of death, because I think actually going back to your issue of your thought of multi-dimension, you could have a god of death where some folks deal with the actual interment of bodies, and you've got some folks that decide we're going to make more business for the god. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) If if you've read any of George R.R. Martin's they have the faceless one, and he's the summation of all the gods of death, supposedly. And they're assassins, but the, and they're the faceless men. The, his worshippers are assassins, but they're assassins only for the god, basically. Gotcha. If the god says that person has to die, then these people go and kill that person. Well, the neat thing about having a god of death that has multiple aspects eliminates the other issue you usually find in fantasy worlds, which is, mm-hmm. ooh, that god's evil. That They've been banned from the city. Yeah, right. Well, if you've got something that has multiple aspects, you can't do that. And I think you can find real-world aspects of that in the extremism in other religions. So yeah. maybe the quote-unquote extremists are the assassins, whereas the mainstream would be those folks that do X, enter bodies, take care of grave sites, whatever. I right. think that works nicely. So we've got war and we've got death. Maybe um, God of healing. Healing is, I think, a good idea. Or are you going to go lie? Are you just going to say lie? Yeah. I would say life. Yeah, I would say life. That covers crops and that kind That's of thing. True. Correct. And so then are you going to go the element, maybe? Well, I was thinking of a God of like arts and invention or arts and something dealing right. with art, music, more of the creativity. Yeah. God of creation. God of, yeah. Which could overlap with healing, which would be interesting. Yeah. Because they've got, uh, well, yeah, and actually, it could also overlap with war. Yes. <laughs> People who want to make better siege engines. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe the god of creation is sort of a combination of them all. Well, I mean, it it can interact with all of them, but then again, war and death interacts. Death and life certainly interact in a specific way. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting if the god of creation was the first. Yeah. It could be. Like the yeah. All-Father, if you will, or whatever. Yeah, the, uh, the one who has to actually turn the lights on. There you go. Um, <laughs> The God of the light switch. Yes, that's it. (laughs) God of the breaker box. The the God of the light bulb that hovers over the head. The things you end up worshipping tend to be the things that you interact with in the world, and that's why you have a a thunder god. That's why you have Thor. 
that's why you have a Neptune that protects you when you do your sea voyages. Well, so yeah. we need to we need to cover those kind of bases too. But I had a, an interesting idea about that too. As you move forward into history, the way they're portrayed become more specific. Like you said, I'm more worried about death, dying, war, lots of things like that versus necessarily elemental forces. But what if the juxtaposition was in every world there's always primitive peoples? And what if those primitive peoples still kept alive an older religion, which would be those worshipping animal and natural forces? Yeah, so animist kind of people. Yeah, whereas now we're talking about a society that's more urban, although you know we are talking medieval, but it is more based in, like you said, day-to-day, what affects my life. We may talk about the god of the crops versus the god of storms. Because you want to see, all right, I'm a farmer, and the god of that deals with crops is going to bring me the rain and not destroy my crops with hail, versus it's, the god of thunder. It's an interesting thing, because I can see a god of crops being like a subset of this life god, this over-life yeah. deity. I'm, I'm seeing, actually, these gods being things that can be split into smaller gods. Yeah, and like it, it could be the child sense. of. Uh, the child yeah. of the god of creation could be... Uh, one could be over the home and the hearth. One could be over the crops. One could be, it, it, there's a variety. Uh, one could be over childbirth, I mean. But of the ones that we're currently developing, we have war, we have death, we have life, and then we have creation possibly as like an all-father figure. I'm thinking maybe if we wanted to do, say, like, if the creation deity is an all-father type figure, maybe there is a consort that this being has that's his wife or what have you, who is perhaps of equal power or... Uh, has as uh, wide a purview. The strange thing there, though, would mean what's as wide a purview as creation? Right. A destruction. <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. Do we want to do that? Which would be much closer to the death that we already talked about. Yeah, Correct. I think that's, that's closer to death than anything. Cause she, she could be the goddess of death. And so you have both aspects. That's light and dark, more yin and yang, where the one is creation, the other is death. And so in death, there is destruction, yeah. there is burial, there's everything, whereas creation is the spawning of new. Okay. So it's like a cyclical thing, really. He's the beginning, she's the end. Exactly. Type thing going on. I can see that. I can see that. It's almost like you're taking the fates and splitting them into two two people instead of just as three. Yeah. I kind of like that idea. So if death and creation got together and made war and life, what was the third thing that they made? Well, war and life? Well, yeah. that's the well, creation I, was or his life. Well, we haven't really specified that. I've got it down separately, but we could. Well, do we want creation, to put? Do we want to fold life in under creation? I mean, I would say with life, you're talking about more healing. It, it, it's kind of the middle fate, if you will, or the middle aspect. You've got the bookends: destruction or death, and life creation. But from life, what I was envisioning would be medicine and healing, things that aren't necessarily creation. They're more sustaining. Okay, so in this case, then, maybe it is the AA3 individual type gig where it's like they're, they're like the fates, but it, this would be the one in the middle. So then is war just an aspect of death mm-hmm. or, or destruction? Uh, or life. War could have been, yeah, war could have been a descendant of creation and death. Yeah. Or, you know, it could be interesting, if you want to be really weird about this, these could be all the same aspects of one general deity, kind of like a fate system. That's right. entirely possible. <laughs> the only their adherents only see bits and pieces of who they are, and yeah. that's what they latch onto because that's what they can identify with. That's a good thought. Before we decide for sure how we want these deities split up, let's go ahead and think of a fifth thing that we what, want represented. What have we got so far then? Okay, so we've got war, we've got death, we've got creation, we've got life and healing. The fifth aspect we could play with, I mean, could be something to do with the elements if we wanted to. John has suggested that. Hmm. Yeah, that's not uh, bad. Do we want to go with that? The only thing I could think of would be knowledge 
and you could put in with that knowledge in commerce and trade things with that that would reflect more of a a later medieval society but or maybe spirit something that kind of enfolds all of that what about justice those kind of things that all sort of roll out of that knowledge kind of sphere so knowledge might be a good knowledge of all yeah. things knowledge of yeah. good and evil knowledge of you know that that kind of idea yeah these things are starting to sort of morph over each other a little bit anyway. Just easily write down knowledge and then also write down elements. And we would have technically six things that I've written down, but at the same time it might be five things under one or three things under two or you know, any any number of iterations of yeah, that. Um, or they're all part of the same thing. This is a very, very vague list right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have creation. I have war. I have death. I have life slash healing. I have knowledge. I have elements. How do we want to play with those, and how do we want them to interact? Because remember, these are the vestibules where all of the written history is for each one. If you want to do research on how to create a ship, I guess you have to go to the creation deity, correct? And that goes back to your issue of elements, but yeah, you'd basically go to a temple, and their temple would be dedicated towards shipbuilding. Oh, I, originally, I thought of a water deity, but or it could be mm-hmm. that they're just inventors. You know, some of this, just so you kind of know where my head was with this at one point, yeah. I was doing a lot of Forgotten Realms reading, mm-hmm. and so they tend to break down the deities really well with that, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where my head was with some of this when I started playing with it a long time ago. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you would go to the creation deity, and they would probably have various temples dedicated to the aspects of the deity, because creation could be arts and entertainment. It could Correct. be physical construction and invention. So it could be a lot of, of aspects. So here's a thought. The way this is sounding to me, it's sounding as though it might be more interesting to tackle this on a smaller scale, where we do like a single country or possibly two countries that are like right next to each other. Oh, rather than a large world? Yeah, the, well, the reason a... I mention this is because we're talking about getting into playing with aspects of these deities, and you can slice this millions of times into uh, more and more things. How big an area do we want to deal with here? Do we want to deal with the specifics of a particular nation, or are we going to talk about broad, sweeping influence that one deity in particular has, or two deities in particular have, over multiple peoples? Personally, I think it would be kind of fun to do it over a city or maybe a city-state kind of situation. And yeah, like a Lankmar. Because I think we need to figure it out on a micro rather than a macrocosm. The more we can control where the information is and where it's housed and how people access it, the better off we are. Because I can't see a small town having five longhouses and each one has a separate library. Yeah. You're going you're yeah. to be confusing people or someone who has the knowledge base in order. Maybe they don't keep it written. Maybe it's all verbal and in the person's head and he's got to pass it on to the next guy. So or why maybe don't we it's do a stone that they wear that it that passes on the knowledge. So why don't we do like a single city state? Maybe engage a little bit with how it deals with things outside of it, but mostly keep to just that. Mm-hmm. and see what we get from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. I, I think that would be good. Okay, cool. That's excellent. That will keep my head from exploding. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> if we hear uh, a pop, we'll just go ahead and get off the sky yeah. call and call the police. <laughs> so the city-state is probably located near a various amounts of, like, it's going to be not landlocked. It's going to have access to the sea or, a, you know, a body of water. 
It's yeah. going to have access to mountains. It's going to have access for limber mining, all crops. It's got to be a good place for them to grow crops as well yeah. so that all that can be knowledge of passed on or gained. Yes, exactly. I think it needs to be positioned somewhere strategically interesting. I think it might be interesting to play with the war aspect as well a little bit, whatever okay. we decide to say is important to the city. But So they're always under conflict, or they have multiple conflicts going? Let's just latch on to one main conflict. Okay. Charles was talking about the idea of shipwrights and things like that. We've been talking about the sea a lot. So what we could play with here is maybe something where you have a city-state that engages in a good deal of naval trade and a lot of naval conflict. Maybe it's an island city-state, but it's a well-appointed island. Well, mm-hmm. going back to what my one thought was, too, if you want to have another type of conflict, you have this group of deities versus a more primitive group of religions, if you will, the old ways or whatever you want to call them, and mm-hmm. maybe they are more indicative of the Vikings, where they're more of a raiding peoples, and they're very earthy kind of people versus the city-state we're talking about, which is a little bit more cosmopolitan. And so they tend to be more sophisticated in the way they view things, and that would be an inherent conflict both from a religious standpoint and from just a general standpoint as well. We do the Vikings a lot. We maybe need to do the <laughs> Mongols or something. Well, the Mongols. Or so, I mean, I'm just saying just that kind of a more primitive. No, no, no. I, yeah. I know. I understand. I appreciate that. I just... <laughs> we're lousy with Vikings these days. Uh, there are so many. There are a couple of Vikings still sleeping over at my house from the last time we had them over. Okay, so, <laughs> taking a while. But uh, yeah, I, I'm good with, say, maybe it's something where, you, yeah, where they're dealing with things that are like the Mongols or like the Huns that could be cool. Let's figure out a little bit the, and I know we're, we've been drifting away from the central deity question, but actually once we've answered these questions, it'll tell us more about how we're shaping the deities. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go with it being a thing largely to do with them sending boats over, or do we want them to be separated by things like steps? What's our separating factor here? What is it that's between them and the rest of the world that allows them to build up, but still have the maintain ability to yeah, maintain their superiority? You could do both. You could actually do a mountain range to the north, but then the southern portion of the city-state is served by water, so the attackers have two choices. Go so through kind the of like a peninsula, maybe, almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah go through yeah. the mountains or come by water. Okay, this sounds good. Yep. So this is a city-state that's out on a peninsula. Pretty well, you know, if you try to come at them inland, then you got to go through the mountains. It looks like a boot. Uh-huh. <laughs> it looks like, hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Wait a minute. This sounds slightly familiar. Just to make it unusual, we'll say it's an upside down boot. Yeah, that's it. That's totally different. It's, it's like more of a, a shoe. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a pump. It's a loafer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a not a, but not a sandal. That would just be. Uh, yeah. That'd, that'd just be, be silly. Wrong. Yeah, you can't have sandals out there. My goodness. The straps Um, just go everywhere. There's there's no open-toe countries, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think putting our our fifth fifth and sixth one to uh, elements and what we came up with before would be okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think that here, because we've got a city-state we're playing with now, we can decide what is important to them. And now that we know where they are, mm-hmm. now we know that seafaring things are important to them, mm-hmm. so they probably will have some sort of sea deity, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. This is just like, I'm just throwing this out there. Do we want a sea deity? If so, do we want this to be the same one that teaches them how to build ships? 
Yes, yeah. yeah. That would be the whole concept. Okay. Is that the one deity teaches okay. the entire spectrum that goes along with it, I guess. All right. Fishing, shipbuilding, exactly, yeah. war machine, water-type war machines. So. Uh-huh. so we'll have this city in particular, this city-state in particular, worships a god of the sea, mm-hmm. god or goddess of the sea. What else? Well, it sounds like we're building on what's around them. So I would think that they would want to make sure that their mountain passes are well fortified. So some sort of land or mountain deity where they can make sure their building for that area is... Yeah, how about something that's like a god of the land, so it helps with the mountains, but also helps with the crops? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Is that good? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now, these are two sort of natural element type things that will kind of be associated with. I think that Earth now it would be good to throw in something a little more cultural. Like trade or... Are we doing like more like arts and what do you call relaxation or, you know, where you're just listening to music? Arts and leisure? <laughs> the God is a TV channel. No, it's A&E. <laughs> oh, A&E, yes. Arts and entertainment. <laughs> no, wait. Those are worships now in the in the 21st century. And, mm-hmm. uh, we, we need to deal with this medieval deity. We have the God uh, of food and then the God of cooking. So. Yeah. <laughs> the home of, God of home and garden. <laughs> We've got all of them. God of science fiction. Uh, the God of do-it-yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the God of music videos. Um, <laughs> There's a God of NCIS, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> God of acronyms is doing pretty well these days. What do these people prize, uh, do we think, above all else? Let's give them some sort of flavor here. God of beer and wine, too. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Probably. What is a good defining thing for this city-state? We need to give them a flavor of some kind. So what do they taste like? Cheese. <laughs> Cheese. Okay, so you're saying that they taste like <laughs> Switzerland. That would uh, make them rather more mercenary, I think. Oh, and as many gods are pretty holy. <laughs> Ouch! <Dumb bump. laughs> <laughs> He's here all week, folks. <laughs> Don't forget stipulators. What is a thing that we can use to kind of define them once we know what's important to these people and we can know what sort of deities they would worship? So are they a trading people? That's what I was about to say, is if we're potentially putting all of these deities into this area, and it seems like they've got a lot of aspects and a lot of control over trade and building and and knowledge, that it would seem like they would be almost a center for a lot of this. So maybe you have more of a true urban cosmopolitan trading center. Okay, so I'm feeling a god of trade here. Yes. Is that good? Yep. I would Uh, say trade would be a highly... There's probably something it cannot get just being so isolated itself, so... So well, I mean, and that might be the aspect of the the sea god, so to speak. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. So trade and X, whatever you know, the, uh, things involving trade and uh, getting things, making deals, that sort of thing. Okay. So we've got god of the sea, god of the land, as it were, which is mostly mountainous around here, and the god of trade. What other deities does this city fall in line for? So do they get their food from the sea and? From commerce, so to speak, yeah. with... Well, from the land, too. Well, yeah, from the land as well, yeah. Because you'd have hunting, you'd probably have, the way we designed it, probably hunting and also farming. Well, but you said, we said it was mountainous area, so farming's never very I good. S- I still think we should go with death and life. Those would be our five. We could do that. So sort of death and then life-slash-healing type stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they, could, they could also be known for medicine. They could have a large, quote-unquote, hospital in the city, which is another reason that people are drawn to it. Who knows? 
Okay. Ooh, a healing so, factor, yep. Yeah, so okay, why don't we specify in this case death and healing? Mm-hmm. For the purpose of this city-state, are any of these gods considered villainous in particular, or does the city-state favor one god in particular, Ooh. or does it balance all five of these? I would think it'd be a true balance between them all. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think it would favor one over the other. I agree. So that said... And this is now going to start to sound slightly familiar for anyone who heard the episode where we had Clint on. Uh oh. Would the city then be divided into five different sections? Oh yeah. One to one devoted to each deity. I don't think you necessarily have to do it that way. They may be in five different portions of the city, but I think it'd be based more on geographical concerns. For example, the god of the water would be by the water. Um, oh, this is true. The god mm-hmm. of medicine would probably be in the center of the city because it would be a central hub to be able to serve the needs of the people. Trading may be closer to either the sea or to a land route, or you may have two locations to cover both of those. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be more geographically driven versus this is my corner, this is your corner. That's cool. Actually, Actually I don't even think that there would probably be quarters of the city based on the deities. They may have influential areas, and maybe that's what we should there you well, go. Air, air influence. Mm-hmm. Well, and also we don't have to define a huge amount about the uh, the city's geography per se for our purposes here. I know we've done that in the past for other things, but I think more the point of this one has to do with the influence of the deities on things. So mm-hmm. I think we can actually play with that more. Um, well, I and I like that idea. I think you are going to find just generally uh, a few centers that are going to be defined. You always have a, a center of trade, typically a more wealthy area. Then you're always going to have a more uh, impoverished area. And then you're usually going to have an area where you bury your dead. I mean, unless it's spread throughout the city. But typically, mm-hmm. you're going to find those in certain areas. So those may lend themselves to particular areas where the deities are stronger, especially mm-hmm. given the fact that we've got a water area as well, a dock area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So actually, and I'm thinking probably these guys, well, they're mountains, so they engage in mining, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And probably what they mostly import are things like lumber and the more farming-like foodstuffs. The things that they export are probably going to be more like fish and medical things and minerals, things of that nature. That's yeah, and ships themselves. And, and yeah, ships. But the technology, yeah. 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 So Ship speak. technology. So we've got that, that sort of idea that that's sort of where it it all comes together. Who rules this city-state? Is it a king? Is it something else? I would say it's a, well, I mean, my thought was a king to add another element in there, because you've got these deities, these temples that have so much power or control. If you had leadership that was also centralized, then you could see some internal conflict as well. I mean, that might be... So what if we have... It being kind of like a constitutional monarchy, where you have a king, but then you have something that's like a parliament of some kind, or a holy parliament. Does that make sense? Oh, that would sense? be interesting. Yeah, that would be, that'd yeah. be a very interesting mm-hmm. dichotomy. It'd be kind of a modified theocracy. Yeah. Not quite, but yeah, that, that's yeah, really that's where it's like, the king is still in charge, and the king is a kind of largely secular figure, is, you know, primogentry. But then you have the church on essentially his board that he has to listen to. You're talking about an example, uh, basically, from the later Roman Empire, when you, know, you had Constantine and those folks that were basically the emperor, but the church had so much power at that point. Yeah, so exactly. Power. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that idea. What do you guys think? Yeah, that worked. That worked. And you still have sure. all the noble ranks and things like that. Yeah. So you'd have, still have that kind of a hierarchy. All right, good, excellent. So there's definitely uh, plenty of potential for conflict there. So my thought is that uh, at this point, perhaps we should think about sketching in factions dedicated to these deities 
and a little bit about their interaction with the king and a little bit about their interaction with the primitives on the other continent or the mainland or what have you. And I think that should be the focus, though, mostly figuring that out. How does that sound? Sure. Sounds like a plan. Okay. So let's define a little bit about, and just starting at the top, the sea church, the religion of the sea deity. We know things in general, but what do they do with respect to the city and how is it organized? I would say that they're going to have a big ship right there. And so they would be both contracting for ships and also supplying, I guess, the military with ships or the city-state with ships, and then also potentially have a trade fleet. No, that's good. I would say that they probably build the boats for the trade fleet, but I think the trade fleet's probably manned by agents of the trade deity. you're right, absolutely. Do they have, say, like a high priest or something of that nature? Is it find a traditional kind of temple, or how do they go about what they do? What if you almost arrange them like a, I was thinking almost, not like a factory per se, but have kind of a a hierarchy that almost mimics aspects of a production facility? You would have a high priest, but then you would have other priests, and their function as part of their worship would be to arrange for projects to be built and to kind of be the project managers, and it filters down from there to the lower adherents that are actually the ones that are creating the ships. That sounds good. Yeah. Their focus would be very structured. They would be focused on those types of tasks, so their structure would be very focused. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could see that. Are you thinking about this for all of the deities or mostly just for the sea deity? Uh, That's the first thing that popped in my head for the sea deity. Okay. So we've got a high priest that's in charge of the religion, and when they conduct ceremonies, is it done in a central location like a temple, or do they actually go out and do the ceremonies by the water? Or uh, I'd say it's uh, by the water. Maybe it's at the end of a pier. Maybe their yeah. Yeah. their yeah, temple is is on a on a jetty. Maybe like an open air thing then. It's, or it could uh, be a floating temple. Right, something like that. Right off yeah. the coast. I mean, just barely off, so it, like it a, floats on its own. Maybe it's so in when the you say floating, yeah, yeah. So exactly. is it like on a on an island in the bay, or is it, or it is, is it like the hovering? No, or is it, it is hovering the there? I think it's like floating. That. It is the island. It isn't just on the island. But it's a floating. It's, it's not. Yeah. I don't correct. Think, yeah. Oh, I see what so you're saying. It, so it's it's a man-made. It's mm-hmm. like a, a barge. Yes. yes. <laughs> almost, almost an anchored yeah. barge. Yeah. But much bigger. Yeah. 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 It's like an Uber barge type. There, these things exist. I can't remember what they're called. And of course, at this time period we're talking about, this could be, you know, the marvel of technology. So it's yes. also another way of honoring the deity. It's an example of his power, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Excellent. Okay. That's also cool if it's like that, because then they also are their first alert for naval defenses. Uh, yep. Anyone comes in, they're the ones that have the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Okay. Like a very large sort of thing of barges constructed together, a marvel of engineering. Say, too, it could serve as the navigational beacon for yeah. shipping. Does it have its own lighthouse built in <laughs> it? So it is, is it the Colossus of Rhodes kind of thing? Uh, what's the lighthouse of Pharos? Uh, yeah. It was the lighthouse of Alexandria, oh, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's what it was. I can't remember. There were a lot of lighthouses, but we could say that there's a lighthouse on it as well if we want. Although it's really weird to have a lighthouse on a mobile thing, but it's interesting. Well, it's it's anchored, so... Yeah. Are they using some form of divine magic to keep it afloat, or is it really just... They just built the thing in it? I think it's mechanical, but maybe they, it was divine inspiration on how that was originally <laughs> built. Okay. And there could be some magic pieces to it, like maybe the lighthouse has, if we go with a lighthouse on the island, then it's fueled by some sort of a, a gift from the god. It's like the light of the deity. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay, let's move to the land deity. How do the forces of the land deity interact with the society there? He's the crop guy. The Does crop he can also guy? cover the, the mining as well, or no? Yep, yeah. I think also, so. Yep, I think so, too. Yeah, I think he's the crop guy, he's the mining guy. Anything you want to get something out of the earth, uh, this is the one you want to talk to. Yep. Uh, guy so, or girl. So, yeah. I'm wondering if it would resemble maybe a big farmer's market or maybe a big stockyard or something along those lines portion of it. So is it a central market? Well, they are fairly defensible with the mountains there. Mm -hmm. So an image that popped into my head. Say you've got a certain area of flatland out next to the city and you've got the trail going up into the mountains. A bit of ways off of the trail, if you have this large kind of uber farm environment where they have the raising of livestock and they have the culling of crops for what land is available there. And they also have the kind of the farmer's market environment where you go in and you get the vegetables. But then they also have shrines dedicated to the nature of the place or to nature in and of itself. But then you also have the mining authority working out of there, however they function, because that's on that last point that you hit before you go up into the mountains to mine. Well, it goes, also goes into the overlap of the gods, because how far do you take mining? Does that same area have an area that does smelting? How far does it go? Because if you've got a deity that's dedicated to trade, maybe they would house the quote-unquote farmer's market, if you will, along with right. other types of trade. But the area you're describing would be very much a production area. Correct. To produce goods okay. that could be refined. Okay, so it'd be like maybe just instead of the market, it'd be like a big sort of farm, really, I think. Yeah. Ooh, this would be like a giant farm where they're all working together. It's, it's not communal. a farm owned by a single farmer. It's, it's a, a communal farm. It's a collective. Come on. Yep. Yes, yes let's exactly. Get, let's get our uh, communism. <laughs> <A> commune. <laughs> let's get our communism right. Come on, guys. Sorry, comrade, I forgot. Duh. So this farming commune, and at the center would be their temple? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you even see this, going back to kind of what we're looking at, this may be a lot more loosely structured, too. It may be that instead of having a central figure, maybe you have a group yep. that puts forth the agenda. We're going to plant X this year. We're going to plant Y this year. Um, ah, okay. Yes. It, a planning committee type thing. Yes. A committee, yeah. yep. yep. Okay, so it, it'd be like the farming committee to a certain extent. There'd be other things on it. So you'd have someone in charge of animal husbandry, someone in charge of mm-hmm. raising plants, are and those, then someone also in charge of mining, I would think. Are those think. individual priests? Yeah, well, yeah, I think they're all priests. Sex of, but, yeah, yeah. priests of sex, I guess. Yeah, I guess you would say they were almost sex because of what you're talking about with, yeah. with the different, different aspects. But, yeah. yeah, and I think even within those small sects, it's going to be more of, they're not necessarily <laughs> leaders, they're facilitators. Correct. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're all sort of different aspects of the same religion. Because, I mean, it's it, they'd kind of be mini-sects almost, I yep. suppose you could say, because it's, it's really, it's the same place. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not widespread enough there for it to be considered a separate religion. Religion, yeah. but it'd be just sort of subdivisions within it. And you could even Correct. have either an arm or someone within each of the sects that is responsible for teaching animal husbandry and teaching farming and yeah. teaching mining, uh, things like that. Yeah, but uh, it's still a group effort, correct? Oh, very. Okay, they're going to yeah, meet. Yeah. They're going to meet together and then decide. Okay, for mining this year, we're going to expand the southern tunnel because it has more copper in it, and we need copper for now. I would so think it would be more of a tribal council feel versus a very strong top-down leadership. I was about to say, yeah. right, what we're leading to is a theocracy here of some sort, right? Well, you see, and that's the beauty of it, because all of these are represented in the religious parliament. And there is a battle between it becoming a theocracy and trying not to be. 
That's kind of, I think, one of the central struggles here. It's a big tension, yeah. Because you still have a king whose job it is to organize all of these things and make them work together. Mm -hmm. And the king is not tied to any one of the churches any more than a king normally would be. Uh, But he's not secular, though. Well, it's kind of hard to say because it's like, okay, the king is chosen by the deity, but at the same time, is the king associated specifically with one of them? And while the king's religion might be that the king might favor one of them or might worship the pantheon, I think part of the king's job would be to try to keep right. a, a certain separation. It's hard because, yeah, this is where his church and state are kind of intertwined, but at the same time, it's the king's job, in part at least, or his functionaries, to keep these parts working. Yeah, because each, um, each religion is going to have a focus, but the focus of the totality of the city-state falls on the shoulders of the king. Okay. Yeah. Well, and he has to make sure that they're responding to the people's needs as a whole. And to each other's needs. Just because we say that they all are not at war with each other and all get along doesn't necessarily mean that the sea god wants to go out and grab whatever this other deity needs. They may have other things on their agenda. But yet the city-state needs X, Y, and Z, or this particular deity needs this to help the city-state so that the king would be there to say, guys, I understand, but we need to talk about it from this perspective. And the power he has to do that would be dependent upon what kind of power you would want to give to the king. Yeah, I think the king still definitely rules. The king decides, like, okay, we're going to be going to war with these people, that kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) But there's the possibility that it could turn into a theocracy if the king does not stay on his toes. Yeah, or unrecognized theocracy where you have a weak king, like you said, turn into it. Well, or, or it might go to favor one or more over the others. Oh, yeah. I think that would be the real struggle is uh, oh, yeah. totally. to not to declare war on other pieces Yeah, uh, oh, sure. uh, amongst themselves, so to speak. Yeah. Especially and if there's a, there's a need for resources in both ends. Yeah. Right. That's also part of the king's job, too, to keep that from happening. Yep. Right. <laughs> but let's go ahead and knock out the rest of these aspects here. So the trade deity, the people of the trade deity, how do we want them to be set up? One of the things I was always envisioning with them would be either a marketplace type setting Maybe where you have a merchant's guild, that type of a feeling where it is, it's fairly structured, but you're talking about trade in various aspects. So there's two I, ways of looking at it. You can look at it from the city-state, or you can look at it from the goods and services. But I think what the temple would do would be potentially serve as the banking system. I think that's right, but I don't think they necessarily have a, a specific temple even. Oh, okay. I think this is a merchant kind of thing. So I'm almost inclined to think that their temple would be like their auction house. Yeah, that's right. what I was... Or, or effectively... Or the marketplace, yeah. yeah. Or effectively that. They don't really... I, I don't see it as that they really actually have... You know, okay. But they I enforce know, it? I, I, I know they people... They don't hold services. I, I know people from India who have little statues of Ganesh on their desk uh, okay. at work. That's the idea I think of. You worship the deity in your own marketplace, so to speak. We ask about how do they worship, and it could be that the trade folks don't, quote-unquote, have services because by doing what they do every day, they are worshiping their deity. Exactly. And you may have thing that would, would not necessarily be a temple, but somewhere that would organize trade or provide right. resources for trade. But I agree. I don't think you'd see a temple to trade. Okay, so you wouldn't necessarily have a formal priesthood of any kind here. This would just then be, maybe if they need religious counseling from someone who's a representative of the God of Trade, they go to their, uh, the sales offices, the trade office, and they just talk to, like, a high auctioneer or a... uh, Right, there may be a place where you go on holy days, but other than that, maybe they all meet at the auction house on 
Well, but let's back up a second with this one. If we've got this area and we're saying that trade is a very important aspect because of the nature of what's going on, then you may not necessarily have a strong church structure, but I'm wondering if you wouldn't have some sort of a trade hierarchy because yeah. you would want to have a group of individuals that would say, all right, Bob, you need to go to the neighboring town and land us a contract for lumber, you know, yeah. something like that. But the king would be very important with that. But also you'd have to have representatives of the trade federation, if you will. <laughs> there um, you go. And I think you'd find that maybe it would be more federated versus anything else, but you would have a group of collective individuals. You know, this guy may be a trade cleric, but he would be connected more towards agriculture or he may be whatever i I don't know so what about the idea of a guild hall and there is a guild master and that is effectively the quote-unquote high priest here Mm -hmm. they don't really have i see it as one person in control too yeah you know it would be federated they'd have a guild system in place Correct. For the people who do the different trades, mm-hmm. which, you know, is everybody. I mean, everyone has a trade. So, But I like, that, the, I like the aspect, though, that was mentioned earlier, that I think each individual house, trading house, would have some sort of a small shrine to the god of trade, even yeah. though they, they are more secular in that house. Um, yeah, and, I like that and kind I think, of technicality, too. Yeah, I think in concluding business deals, there's like a prayer thrown in, typically, yeah. whenever that's done. And so I like that idea. That basically the hierarchy, as far as just officially there, is I think that they'd probably have a, a guild master, and then they'd have guild masters for each individual guild, but then one person who's over, just oversees all the guilds, pretty much. How does that sound? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I like that idea. So we got trade. Then next, death. Wonderful, delicious death. I think they cover no. taxes, too. Uh, yes, yes, that as well. <laughs> taxes is where the uh, the death deity and the trade deity interact. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> sure that there is a necropolis here somewhere. <laughs> We've had so many necropoli going around. Well, I do think that we would have those folks responsible for, or at least somehow connected towards burial. Now, there might actually be a necropolis, not in the sense that we've used it on this podcast before, but more the actual sense where you have tombs. Yeah, that's where Mm. I was going. Yeah. (laughs) It literally means the city of the dead. Well, the other thing you could do, too, if you want to talk about pioneering, is depending on how small this city-state is, if it's robust in its population being cosmopolitan and urban, you may have a Tokyo situation where it's very packed. Maybe we're talking about crematories. Yeah, crematorium. Which would be be a very weird and different concept than we would normally see in other medieval cultures. The mining smelting aspect could give us the furnace that we need in order to (laughs) generate. true. And the fuel. (laughs) They burn the dead. Yeah, which would, again, be a cultural aspect that might be in conflict with other cultures as well. Well, yeah, particularly if, see, I'm seeing this as this is a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing the possibility of this type of uh, abomination walking around called the burning dead. They're like undead, but they're on fire. Okay. You could even have some sort of funky uh, golems made and all kinds of wacky stuff. And the Frankensteinian stuff going on. The oh, more yeah. evil, evil end of the... For the yeah, for the, for the evil end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the, uh, the the necromancers and yes, when you when you get to the bestiary section of this, we've got trappings here in place. So how are they engaged? Is there like a high undertaker or something? <laughs> <laughs> High Undertakers are never good, I'll tell you. <laughs> the Lord Undertaker. <laughs> really good question. These guys that bring out the carts that tell people to bring out their dead, they're all priests. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some of that. Yeah. If you go back to the embalmer kind of Ooh. society. Yeah. Or, 
if they burn them, maybe the rich people don't burn. There you maybe go. Maybe yeah. it's the poor that burn. Yep. It's only the rich that can actually afford the tombs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah There's mean, a necropolis, be, but it's full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The necropolis is actually for the rich dead people. Mm-hmm. And everyone else actually does cremation. So actually you'd have someone who's in charge of the necropolis, and then you'd have someone who's in charge of cremation, kind of, I guess, under him. Well, and it would be interesting also to add to them that they're the guardians against the undead. And you could have actually have that flip-flop going back to the issue of necromancy. They try to discourage necromancy, and they try to stop it. And but if you dead show up, then they I mean, have to... you go back into the early church, talk about exorcisms, and the one thing that kept popping up was, if I know how to expel a demon, then could I control a demon? And that's yeah. some of the literature that was written. And the same thing is, if I could get rid of the undead, why could I not control it? You could yeah. have some conflict there as well. It could be some great evil that could pop up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they've got a very strict policy against undead. No shoes, no shirt, no undead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> undead show up to work. We're going to write a very concerned letter. Um, <laughs> Strongly worded. Yes. We'll contact your union rep and... Yes, that's right. <laughs> no undead on the... So that's interesting. Maybe that's the official line that is held by whoever the High Undertaker, quote-unquote, is. But then maybe some of the folks that work in cremation might be kind of considering going to the dark side right, that, a little bit on well, that. I was going to say, there's a connectivity point between the god of life and the god of death, which therein is creating a new form of life. Yes. And that, that of course, is where you have the Frankenstein people yep. running all over the place. That is very interesting. We can definitely play with that. Just for the structure of this in particular, then, do we want to have, say, a single person in charge of death matters? That's a good question. You could go either way with it, because you could do a committee structure, or you could do a singular figure. What we have today, by and large, is that you'll have... Yeah, I think we still have Undertakers. Oh, yeah. But you have Undertakers, and then it pretty much then goes right over to the church, where you have funerals. And they interact together. This would be just more sort of combining those two figures into the single figure, the Undertaker and the priest. That like, the Undertaker is a priest. I don't know. It, death is so wide and varied. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very nebulous. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, there's going to be a lot of organization that's needed if yeah. you're talking about yeah. what the rich do versus what the poor do, burning versus burial, combating undead. Maybe this will be kind of like you have departments, where it's kind of like you have a lot of these different things going on, but in a way it would almost be kind of like the way they do with the merchants, where because it's such a part of life, these people will do these things, and then the ones that have the specific professions will have... Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe be a little closer to. I, I'm also seeing something that's maybe partway between the way that the merchants handle it. Well, actually, come to think of it, yeah, I mean, Undertaker is a job. That actually might mm-hmm. that might even be a trade guild issue, right? And if we want to play with it that way, so would embalming and all that funeral service, embalming, stuff. cremation, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thought. Maybe it's not that structured. Maybe this is more of a sort of a wild natural thing, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. And that's you weird. have. Yeah, you have death everywhere, so... That's where you get aspects of the deity that kind of aid in death. Yeah. So death is a free market deity, is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah, basically, where it's... uh it's more of a, it's kind of like a personal thing that a lot of, you know, a lot of people will pay respects to the death deity. There's not necessarily a formal church per se, but there might be cults. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. There will be cults out there that will do their various things and maybe, and they're permitted. Yep. So you'll occasionally see the black robed people wandering the streets, but you don't generally. Now we also, we also talked about the death deity being the Lord of Assassins kind of situation yes. as well. And that could so, be an underground version yeah. of that too. You could have a society, and that may be a better way of phrasing it, that's dedicated to the deity that is actually more organized. 
Yeah. In the underworld of society, you have people uh, dedicated to the underworld plane. Right. Where you have sort of a secret society of people that take a more active hand, shall we say. <laughs> Recruiting. <in> the, uh, <laughs> Recruiting for death. <laughs> death. Always recruiting. Yes. Looking for those people that are dying to join us. Yeah. So yeah, so they don't actually have a formal public structure, but there might be a private structure. And that could also raise some suspicions as well, because people are usually fearful and suspicious of death anyways. Yeah, that works nicely. Well, the other aspect that might be interesting to think about, too, is what if not only do they bury your dead, they guard against the undead, they kill people for you if you want them to, but what if you had a group that also investigated deaths? The police force? Kind of. Well, the well, death cops. Like a, yeah, like I was thinking, you know, NCIS, but I mean, they would know enough about human anatomy, the body, things like that, that maybe they were the guys that if somebody died, for example, a noble. Oh, well, thanatologists. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And they could potentially determine at least basic cause of death or at least organize investigations along with the folks from the medicine side. I don't know. That would work. I think that sounds good. So let's go ahead and then deal with the healing deity, what the representation is like there. Now, we've already talked about them having like a hospital uh, type gig or medicine going on. Is that kind of what we're looking at, something centrally located? I think that would be interesting and that could serve as their temple would be the hospital. Yeah, I like that idea. I think yeah. another interesting aspect for them would be training people and or providing clerics for battlefield medicine as well. Yes, definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. I like it. So you have the, uh, the sort of hospital temple, and you have the sort of first aid priests and... The EMT priests and the... EMT uh, priests. <laughs> I am a trauma priest. Um, the battle clerics, essentially. I got stuck being the GI priest. I'm sorry. No. So how would this group be organized? You could do it somewhat based on a modern model or, or not. I mean, it depends on how you wanted to go about it. Do you yeah, want to have... That, you that's have totally to, what I'm asking. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I could see a, a, a group like this where you would have more skilled healers, maybe your equivalent of physicians. And then you could have some folks that are more attuned to direct care, almost like a nursing staff level. You could have battle clerics, which would also potentially respond within city when there was a major accident or disaster that occurred. So you could break it up that way if you wanted to. I don't know enough about the actual medieval model. I don't think it's even close to that. No, Um, not at all. But I think you could see something similar to that. No, no, that works. It might really come down to this. So let's say in the middle of the town you have this large building. It is the hospital and it is a temple. Do people think of it as a hospital or as a temple, more specifically? In other words, what do they think of it as first? And I think if we answer that question, that'll kind of help us answer the rest. Um, I think it would be a hospital first because that's going to directly impact my life. Yep. So I would think I would view it as a hospital, and by being a hospital, it therefore honors the mission of the deity. All right. So would their high priest be kind of like a head surgeon type? Yeah, I would see them being as the head medical officer or something like that, yeah, that would be in charge of administrating the facility. It would be a little bit more hands-on. He's the chief healer or whatever. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And so they organize it kind of like you were saying then, where they have the different categories. You have the battle clerics, you have the people who do more nursing, you have people who did midwifery Uh or or midwifery, depending on which side of the ocean you're standing. You know, there's people who specialize in the different healing arts, and that works nicely. Maybe people will come there to learn the healing arts. It's kind of a centerpiece for the city. That would Uh, actually be a really neat centerpiece for the city to be healing. It would give an interesting tone to the city, too. 
Yeah. So if they have this thing sprawling up in the middle that is their big building that's in the city, and it's for healing. One of the other aspects you could throw into this, too, would be either herbology or even a form of alchemy, i.e. drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some sort of a, a treatment course using not just the skilled of the person, but skilled of substance. And having the drugs also works nicely because then you have something to export. Exactly. Drugs, man. So, yeah. Yes, it's all about the drugs. And then, of course, you can have, once again, the seedier side to that, where people will be making drugs of the not-quite-so-good type. Yep. Strange alchemical substances that do terrible, terrible things to people, but they feel really good when you take them. So I think that works nicely. So, that said, yeah, I can see all of these different sects, if, if you will, having their uh, seedier sides to them if need be. So I think that pretty much covers the basis of how these guys work in the city. The only other things I can think of that we absolutely need to cover would be the interaction of the king with all of that, how the monarchy works, and then maybe a little bit about them dealing with enemies. What would we like to say regarding the monarchy and how it interacts with this city? Going back to this point, since we've fleshed out some of these deities, did we want to shift slightly the way we look at the government and go to a true English model where we have a parliament that has a house of lords, i.e. the house of deities, if you will, and then a house of commons? It seems almost by nature you're going to be building a fairly decent-sized middle class with the trade guilds. That's a good idea. So I'm wondering if we had something like that. And then what you do is you end up having three components because the deities are not always going to agree with the common folks. Yeah. Who are not always going to agree with the monarchy. Okay, that works. So you have the House of Lords, quote unquote, which is actually for the, uh, and this is just really just what you just said, but for the uh, representatives of the different religions or representatives of the different deities. Then you have the place where the commoners talk. (laughs) <laughs> the, the plebeian forum, or whatever it is that's called. There was a term in ancient Roman, I can't remember what it is, the, the assemblies. It's been called the people's um, court. Yes, that's it. <laughs> no, don't, don't. Yeah, they play the bass a lot. The high priest, Judge Wapner. <laughs> high priest Wapner. Comes and then you have the king, who presumably can say yay or nay on things. Well, how does that work? Do actions of the king have to be ratified by the parliament, or is it vice versa? Or how does that work? Maybe they're new to the parliamentary system. Yeah, if you've got these many forces pulling and pushing, Mm -hmm. I think that you've got to have a king that has some semblance of an ability to just say no. But then again, you have to have some checks and balances with the other forms of parliament. I think the king is going to have a great deal of power, but I think that the other houses are going to have some balance too. I think we have worked out basically how we want these structures to interact politically, where we have the common folk, the deity representatives, and the king. Are there any more details we would like to throw into the mix for this? I don't think currently. Me, anyway. No, I think it's... Okay. All right. Good. Then that said, do we want to throw in any details with respect to how they're dealing with Mongol folk? Hmm, the bad guys. Well, I mean, it could (laughs) be... Quote-unquote bad guys, yes. It could be multiple bad guys, so I don't know if we really want to develop it per se. That's true. Yeah, there, uh, there are a lot of different potential... Right, we, we, there's probably some pirates out there that we have to deal yep, with, yeah. a rival city-state. Yeah, exactly. So why don't we say that those things exist, we might name one or two of them, but just leave it at that. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Anything major we need to worry about coming down from the mountains? I think that's the direction the Mongols are coming from. So. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have Mongols coming down from the mountains every now and then, and then from the ocean we'll have pirates showing up every now and then. Uh, raiders, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we don't actually need to name the pirates or the raiders unless they're horribly organized. Okay. Are we ready to name things? Sure. I think so. I like All right. Name. 
Excellent. And I think we've hinted at plenty of possible conflicts and enemies that can show up, even monster types that can show up, so oh, I yeah. think this works nicely. My basic assumption thus far is that all of these people are human. Is that kind of what you guys have been thinking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, so, names. Bob. Now, before... Bob. <laughs> okay, everyone and everything is named Bob. That fixes it. Okay, well done. <laughs> what do we want to call the sea god? I think it should be female. Ooh, cool. Female name works. Okay. And actually, strangely enough, I think it's an interesting idea to deliberately not define a lot about these gods, because mm-hmm. then there's so many possible interpretations, I think they can work. How so about Illyria? Illyria. I like it. Yep. Illyria. And how are we spelling that? However you write it down. Ah, okay. <laughs> Do we want an A or an I? Is well, the one Illyria or Illyria? The one in Shakespeare and in mythology is I. So yeah. we could go with A. I'm kind of hearing like A-L-E-R-I-A, something like that. <laughs> Sounds good. Alaria? Okay. Yep. All right. So the sea goddess Alaria. All right. Mm-hmm. And then the god of the lands. See, that's going to be male. So this be it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, the god of the oit. Oh, that's a neat name. I just pulled up Latin names. Acacius. Okay. Acacius. Ancient Greek, Latinized A-C-A-C-I-U-S. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. We're looking at behindthename.com. Just to let you know. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at 220,000names.com. Oh, okay. Acacius. All right, that works. This is interesting because it'll be sort of pseudo Greco Roman type stuff going mm-hmm. on there. The trade god. It's going to be simple. It'll be like Bob. Coin or something that you could work into a sentence. The reason I'm looking at C names because you mentioned the word coin. I was looking at, you want something simpler as Ludo. Hmm. Sounds like loot. <laughs> Does, doesn't it? That doesn't sound That's, bad. Nope, not at all. Ludo. Sure. Luto. Luto. L-U-T-O, yeah. Although I liked Kent's variation here. What if we do L-U-T-O? Oh, that's okay. Luto. Luto, the trade god. Yep. Okay. The death deity. He who must not be named. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now, actually, I think originally, at the very beginning, we were talking about having like a female death god and a male sort of life creation god. Yeah. We want to go with that. This time, just have the death god be female and the healing god be male? Sure. Okay. Shade. So we are going with a female death god, right? I think so. Okay. Ooh, how about Cicero? Cicero, yep. Okay. Cicero, okay. How are are you doing that as C-I-C? I was doing it as an S. As an S? You could almost be, it's kind of almost like Scylla. Okay. Yeah, Cicero sounds good to me. What do you guys think? Yep, I'm good with that. Like S-I-S-E-R-A? S-I-S-E-R-A, yep. Okay. The healing god. And this is male, right? Yes. Should be something kind of flowy. I don't know what. Valentino? (laughs) (laughs) Rudolph Valentino, yes. Atiyukas? What? Atiyukas. It's related to Asclepius, the god of healing. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's Greek. Ah. It's Greek. And what was it again? Atiyukas, O-P-H-I-U-C-H-U-S. That's a neat name. I like that one. It means serpent bearer. Ah. I'd like to kind of drift that a little bit, maybe. But that sounds good. Put an F in instead of the P. Well, I mean, actually, I like O-P-H. O-P-U? Just take out the... How about Ophitimus? Hmm. Ophitimus. I like the M-U-S at the end, too. Ophitimus. Okay. This sounds like the society likes these multisyllabic names here. Yeah. You have to Ophitimus? Learn. Ophitimus, yep. That works. Okay. All right. Now, when we're uh, dealing with the religion of Valeria, did we say there was like a sort of a high priest was there? Did we want to give that high priest a particular title, or is it just high priest, the sea goddess? Titles. Hmm. Yes. It actually could just be like a high priest or high priestess. I think mm-hmm. that probably would work the well. The anchor? <laughs> the anchor. Anchorite. Um, 
Anchorites. Actually, that I, I like that idea as, as uh, the name of the managers mm-hmm. that are below them, below the high priests or high okay. priests. Okay, so that works. So you have the high priest and the anchorite. The buoyant. <laughs> yeah, the buoyant. <laughs> I am high priest Bob the buoyant. <laughs> Okay, what do we want to call their Uber barge? I mean, it is obviously, it serves as the Temple of Valeria, but also it is it's kind of the bastion where they greet things from the sea, and they uh, and now it, evidently they also fight pirates. Their major services there. A lot of the trade goes through there. We're looking for the name of the floating... Yeah, do we want to give it like a... A name name, or is this just something like the yeah. X of Alaria, or Alaria's X, or... Uh, the Light of Alaria, maybe? Because it's going to have the... Uh... I like the idea of the lighthouse on there being called that. That was actually the next thing on the list. The Star of Alaria, maybe? or Star? That's Ooh. good. Yep. That's very good. The Star of Alaria... Oh, star. Okay. Yeah. And maybe, minute, I thought he maybe, was saying scar, like maybe, maybe there's a pole star above. Ooh. That point. Hmm. That the, like that the navigators is. always know that that's where the city is. That would be the star of Valeria. If the, if there's a, if a literal star up there, right? Then what would they call the the barge type thing, the the island, the whatever we're calling it, the artificial island, Valeria's giant houseboat. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Party on Illyria's houseboat. I can see the flyers now. An ark. Ark. Wait a minute. Hang on. New house. The great ark. Ooh. You want to call it like the 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 great ark of Illyria? That works for me. What do you guys think? Okay. Yep. Ark or great ark. You're saying the great ark of Illyria. Yep. Yes. And we could call the lighthouse could be like just the light of Illyria. Yeah. I I like that. Which points at the star of Illyria up in the sky. Now the land god Acacius. Mm-hmm. Cassius, there are going to be 90 different ways of pronouncing this, has a farming commune. What do we want to call it? The commune or the... The commune. We'll have separate names for the commune and the committee. The place. The place where the big farm is outside. What do we want to call that? I mean, it could be just like the Acacian farmstead if we wanted to go there, but... A thousand acres. That could work. Uh, Actually, I kind of like that. The Like the thousand acres. Probably me. But... A thousand acres is quite a lot of land, but I think that could work. Okay. Do we want to do that? Sure. Give it an actual title, yeah. What is the farming committee called? The committee. This is the group of people that heads Acacius's church in this area. Council of Seven. I don't know. Sure. Council is good. I know we're going into this a lot with the names, but it could be like almost the Acacian Council. Yeah, let's do that. Acacian. Okay. Because Acacius is the name of the god, so... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, dealing with the trade aspect, the trade deity, Luto, is not necessarily worshipped with a direct temple per se, but everyone that has a trade pays homage to him. But there is a guild hall, and what is the title of the person that runs the guild hall? Primo. Primo, and then whatever his name is. Yeah, I like that. The Primo? First, yep. Primo. Prime. (laughs) Yep, or Prime. Primo Octavio. Something like that. Okay. So in quote-unquote English, this would be the prime or the primo in the native tongue. Mm-hmm. Primo. And actually, yeah, I, I like that because when they refer to them without naming them, they could call them the prime. And then when mm-hmm. you're addressing them, it could be Primo Smith or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're now moving to the death portion. So Cicero's various servants, I think we were talking about there being a death cult. There's the public side, which is there's not a lot of that. But then there's the private side, which is more of a society. And then there's a group of thanatologists. Which I think are thanatologists. Group of thanatologists. You just want to call them thanatologists? Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, so we need to figure out what to name these things. Maybe you could name one of them the uh, Cult of the Black Master. 
Might actually be interesting to call it the Cult of the Black. Or the Dark, the Never. Yeah, the Dark. I think we can go with the Dark, if that's all right with folks. Works for me. Sure. Yep. The Cult of the Dark. Now, that sounds to me like a good name for just the cult in general. Right. Now, the secret society that I guess could be either within them or as a separate aspect, where they get more of the stuff done, where they have the assassins and things of that nature. What kind of name do we want to provide them? Do we want to give them a separate name? Maybe the Cicerin Society. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Let's do that. <laughs> they were immediately, like, always leaping for the most obvious thing here, but... Yeah, um, <laughs> no, that works. These deities have, like, other titles. We could weave those in. But... And then uh, John was saying the thanatologists should just be called thanatologists. Um, <laughs> yep. Is there a group of them? Are they organized, or are they just... Oh, probably. Into... What would this collective be called? The Conclave? The what? Say it the again. Conclave. Okay. Or Cosma? Order, universe, Cosma. I kind of like the Conclave. Okay. It'd be like the Cicerone Conclave, or the Conclave of Thanatology, or... Um, Something like that, yeah. The Conclave. Yeah, maybe the official title is like the Conclave of Thanatologists and, stud- and uh, General Studiers of Death and what They have a longer name. Yeah. But for short, they're just called the Conclave. Do we like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next we have the forces of the healing deity, Ophidimus. There is a very large hospital or a temple type thing in the middle of the city. What do we want to call it? Is that like maybe the academy or... Yeah. Consulta? I like that. The academy? The Elysian Academy? I don't know how to pronounce this one. A-R-A-L-D-I-C-A. Araldica. Araldica. Yep. Maybe that's what the hospital's called, the Araldica. Yeah. This is handwritten registers maintained at the offices of the Consulta are. It's like a library or a large place where you keep a lot of contracts and whatnot. Oh, okay. Let me see here. Or written history type thing. Since that is not actually an English word, I I don't see that word being in the English language. I think it would be cool to just call it Araldica. Araldica? Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be the Araldica. I think it could be Araldica. Araldica. We talked about a person as being like a high priest, head surgeon, administrator type Mm -hmm. gig. What would that title be called? Signori or Senior? Monsignor? Yeah, that's a thought, actually. Yeah, we could go with Monsignor. That would be interesting. I know it's a religious title, but... Mm -hmm. That's That's good, yeah. Okay, the Monsignor. Throwing in different titles as we go along. Yeah, and now, the head of state we talked about is the king, and then we have this House of Deities and we have the Common Assembly, so what do we want to call this House of Lords, House of Deities thing? Uh Uh-huh. I guess overall we can go with the title of Parliament for the two combined, probably, if that's okay. Why don't you call it the Uh, House of Heaven? (laughs) The Heavenly House. Or the the Pantheon. Ooh. You know, that's not bad. What was that? The, the Pantheon. Pantheon. Yeah. I like that. Let's the call House that the Pantheon. Pantheon. Well, it's too bad the Pantheon doesn't have a single term. If you had a single term for that referred to this collection of deities. Ah. That's what a Pantheon is, right? Isn't well, yeah. But, I mean, sometimes it may, it may have a proper name for the particular Pantheon. Um, like the Aesir or the... Yeah. yeah, something regarding their relationship to each other, which we didn't really define very much I, for this this case. They would be the representatives of this thing. So we're saying we can definitely see the house in which they gather as being called the Pantheon. Is mm-hmm. that what we're saying? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that being that, at least. We could call them basically Pantheon Assemblies, I guess. (laughs) I think what he's talking about is, like, for example, in the D&D setting, Eberron, they have the Sovereign Host as a cluster of deities, and then they're opposed by the Dark Six. So I think that might be kind of what we were thinking of in terms of, like, if these deities have a particular collective term. So what we do need, if we come up with that name, it's the name of the setting, too. Oh, Possibly, yeah. Uh, Or they could name the city after it, maybe. Right. Which would be the same thing, really. 
Because we haven't named the city yet either. Yeah, no, no, we need to name the city-state. But that's coming in a minute. That's Um, what I'm saying. If we can get this, we do the hat trick. For the time being, we'll call the House of Deities the Pantheon, or a Pantheon Assembly is when we have the people that are in there. So we're going to call that place the Pantheon, and then when there's a gathering, it can be called a Pantheon Assembly. And then what about the Assembly of the Common Folk? Do we just want to call that the Common Assembly, or do we want to call it something else? Mm. Uh, I think that works. Yeah, it sounds nice. Okay. Something that we refer to occasionally that may come in. What do we want to call the people that we've been referring to thus far as the Mongols? Oh, yeah. The Chris. There you go. That sounds interesting. How are we spelling that? C-R-I-S-S. I I don't know how the knife is spelled. That's with a K. Ah, yes. I like using Ks in this case. Well, K is better. It's not a person's name, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. The Chris. Now, we are down to the name of the city-state, which will pretty much be also, I think, the name of the setting in this case. Epilarius. Ooh. That's not bad. Epilarius. That works. Epilarius. So Uh, is it now the Pantheon of Epilarius? Or no? That's not, it can't be the name of it. Yeah, I don't think that that would be the uh, the collective term for that pantheon. Okay. But you know what? We don't absolutely have to have one. Epilarius, I'm seeing as, looking at different names, and E-P-I-L-A-R-E-U-S, would that work? Yeah. I, I like it. You go with that? Mm-hmm. All right, sold. Okay. <laughs> Epilarius. So this setting is Epilarius. And what about and, the pantheon? Lanzia Pantheon? Sure. Sure. Called the House or something like that. Yeah, Lanzian. Or Lanzians. Yeah, that worked. The Lanzians for the Pantheon? Sure. Okay. Let me just expand this a second. What if the entire world was called Lanzia? Oh, okay. And then this would be the Lanzian for the House Pantheon. of Lanzian. Yeah. Like yeah. Sure. Are we looking at L A N S E A N? Yeah, or sure. S E N. Yep. L A N S E A. So the world is called Lanzia, and the Pantheon is referred to as the Lanzian Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Okay, that works. So there we have it. The setting is Epilarius. Yay! Anyone here listening may use this setting as they see fit in their fiction, in their games, as it is now available under Creative Commons. So feel free to make use of it. Charles, thanks very much for joining us. Yes, it was fun. Absolutely. It's been a whole bunch of fun. Yes, and Charles, if they want to find you online, where should they go? They should go to fabledenvironments.com, and if you want to find any of our PDF products, you can go to either drivethroughrpg.com or rpgnow.com, whichever you prefer. Cool. Awesome. Well, this has been very cool, but it is time to jet. Say goodbye, fellas. Goodbye. Take care. (laughs) Bye. We are out. Thank you for listening to Crucible of Realms. Do you have comments or a question? Have you used one of our settings? Tell us about it. You can contact us at podcast at crucibleofrealms.com or leave a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or if you'd like to contact one of the hosts individually, you can find our emails on the website at crucibleofrealms.com. The Crucible of Realms podcast and all settings created on it are released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. All music was composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com.